When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. We're starting off this video today with this chart. This is the Shanghai Composite, China's largest stock market index. And I'll be getting into this as well as all the other charts and all the other information I want to share with you in this video today. But I want to start off asking the question, and you can feel free to answer this down below in the comment section. It might be a little dramatic in the title, in the thumbnail for this video where China goes, the, the world goes. And of course, I'm talking about the economy here. It might be a little dramatic there. I don't think so. I mean, is China the biggest economic player in the world today? I don't think so. I think U.S. for the time being still holds that that position. However, you know, I'm a big believer that since the Great Recession, there have been two major factors that have driven forward global economic growth or at least stopped the global economy from slipping back into a major recession or uh, depression. Okay, and, and by the way, both of these factors are not solid long-term plans to, to build economic growth. They, they, um, they eventually create even worse problems than the problems that they're trying to solve in the first place. They are not sustainable. Uh, reason number one is, is central banks and, and their stimulus to the economy. I'm talking quantitative easing, money printing, lowering their interest rates. I mean, since 2008, you've had one central bank after another step in to, to kind of, I don't know, take their turn at trying to save the global economy. The, you have the Federal Reserve, doing it for quite some time there. You have the European Central Bank, you have the Bank of Japan, even the People's Bank of China. You have all these central banks stepping in one after the other with things like quantitative easing, lowering their interest rates to try and pump up the global economy, right? Once one stops with their quantitative easing, the other one steps in. And that's been the story for quite some time now, and, and that could continue to be the story for a while now. But I think that has been one of the major factors that have driven economic growth, if you want to call it that. It's, it's not true economic growth, and it's certainly not sustainable, okay? The second one is China, and, and that's super simple, but just China and their economy. They've experienced a ton of growth since 2008. Of course, most of it has been created through the creation of debt, especially out their corporate sector. They're drowning in debt today. Again, not a sustainable way to grow the economy, but they have grown, okay? There's been a lot of economic growth in China, and I think that has helped drive forward global economic growth since the recession. The reason I'm making this video today is because I think that is going to change. I think that's already beginning to change. And and so if China has been one of the major driving forces driving the global economy forward in the last 10 years, what happens if that changes? I don't see a country that's going to pick up the slack. Okay, So that's why I'm making this video today. Uh, starting off with this chart here. This is the Shanghai Composite, as I mentioned earlier. And this is year to date. Okay? You, you can see the trend here has been down. Okay, uh, now this is this is in in the whole scheme of things, a pretty major move. Okay, you can see here it, it peaked out. Sorry about the pop ups above thirty five hundred, and today is trading in the twenty seven hundred dollar range. This is a pretty large move in the Shanghai Composite. Now this is not a story that you're hearing um, too often when 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 analysts are talking about the global economy. I don't think right? The struggling Chinese economy. Now, if we're talking about maybe the narrative that's being pushed by, by our own government, by our own White House, yeah, you're going to hear this because, you know, this is a chart for, and I'll make this a pretty line for you. Uh, let's see, we'll pick it blue. Uh, this is the S&P 500, right? 
This is a narrative that the White House would love to push, right? Because right around here in May or June, you, you see kind of this correlation break between these two, right? Early on, they have this melt-up, they have the crash in February, uh, but since then, you know, they, they mostly traded in tandem, kind of. The S&P is actually doing worse for a while. But since then, you have the S&P reaching new highs, the Shanghai, not so much, right? And, and the administration or whoever can point to this and say, this is the trade war. And you know what? There's some truth to that. That yes, the trade war, I'm sure, has hurt China's economy because of how much they export to the United States. However, you know, I have some deeper concerns about their economy. I don't think that this, along with uh, this, this chart that we'll get into later, their, their devaluation of the yuan versus the dollar, I don't think that that's all the result of just the trade war. I think there's been a lot of, of troubling signs within their economy, okay? Two different stories here. Um, I, I, I think that the Shanghai is, you know, long term. If if their economy continues to to stumble, will continue to fall. The S and P, right, as the title of this video suggests, I think has to to catch down to to the uh, sh to the Shanghai, right? Because where where China goes, the world goes. I think this is massively overpriced, and I think that it's not priced in the fact that hey, China's not doing well. Hmm, maybe the global economy is not going to do well long term. Maybe the U.S. economy is not going to do well long term. Uh, the next one I want to get to in this video today is is uh well hey maybe China's you know their their, their official numbers are not that bad, but maybe just maybe it's actually worse than what we think. This is a chart from Zero Hedge. Let's see here, the source for China's National Bureau of Statistics and South China Morning Post, all right? This is a fascinating chart to me, using using concrete data to, to prove that governments, hey, they uh, as, as well as companies, um, they manipulate data, okay? So you have the year-over-year -year percentage change reported by the National Bureau of Statistics. This is industrial profits. That's in the, the darker line here, and then the lighter line here is based on the absolute data. You have two totally different uh, stories here, right? On one hand, you have uh, you have an, profits that never actually turn negative, right? They, they continue to increase year over year, even if there's a bit of a dip here. Whereas from this, you see that they barely even made it positive during this reporting, I don't know, quarter two or, or some month here. And since then, they're massively negative year over year, right? Industrial profits are down a ton. Now, this wouldn't be surprising. You, you have the trade war and, and some concerns about that. Not that you know the trade war itself. I don't think has has become you know as big as maybe the media plays out to be because these things take a while to, to take shape, right? But you still have that sentiment from from people that maybe are uh, entering orders to to a specific factory or all these different factories within China, and so you have the profits down year over year based on the absolute data, right? Actual data, and yet the official numbers reported by the National Bureau of Statistics. Totally different story. That's like a 32 point spread there, 32 percentage point spread. That's huge. Okay. Um, here's some other data that would uh, suggest that their economy is not doing so well. And and you know really, as I said earlier on in this video, a big part of what's been driving China's economy has been debt creation, a ton of debt creation at the corporate level. Okay. And a big part of that you've been hearing for a long time here on on, on YouTube, on the internet, wherever, is sh China's shadow banking system. Okay. What's China's shadow banking system, basically a banking system where shady people make loans to, to corporations or whatever. Maybe they're not shady. They're just looking for a profit, right? 
uh, I don't know. That sounds shady to me, but but they're they're skirting regulations, right? So that they can um, you know issue more loans than they would otherwise allow to be, be allowed to, and and also those those that are lending or sorry the lendees, those that are borrowing, they may be borrowing more than they otherwise would be allowed to. It's like it's like if you had a borrowing agency out there that that didn't look at your credit score or how much debt you were in or whatever, as long as you had, I don't know, collateral or something like that to put up for a loan, right? Um, now, oftentimes the case with, with the shadow banking system is that the collateral is pledged to multiple loans or something like that, right? I talked about how in the past there, there's been cases where where um, people have been borrowing, I don't know, let's say a million dollars, right? A corporation buys a million dollars and and you know this is kind of under the table and so they say hey we need some collateral right so they're like hey here's a million dollar pile of i don't know metal right copper or something sitting in a warehouse okay well it turns out that this corporation that's that's taking out this million dollar loan they needed more than a million dollars of funding they needed five million right these are just random numbers i'm picking and so they went to five different lenders and asked for a million dollars each, and they pledged that same pile of copper for all five, right? That's that's what happens when you have just this this type of situation where they're trying to skirt the regulations. Um, and by no means should you take that as an anti-regulatory stance by me or, or a pro-regulation stance. But that's what's happened in China here. And and that's been a big driving force there for their economy. And as I said, the global economy. We're seeing a change here, right? China has been cracking down on the shadow banking sector, really the whole lending sector as a whole, in 2018 and i think that's a big part of why their economy there's even talk of of their um infrastructure and and, and you know, different building projects those have been on the decline well that's what you happen that's what happens when when you just can't secure as much lending or, or as much money as you could in the past to to build whatever uh, giant high rises or 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 an entire new city or whatever um you when the chinese government when they crack down like this this what you have that's what happens and that's really something important to keep in mind here you know looking at the shanghai composite um, looking at or even this you know this is something that the i believe for the time being the central planners within china the, the government they have control over this they know that this has been happening and they have designed it that way because they saw the excesses in their economy, right? We, we have a, a member of the, uh, the the People's Bank of China, I think in 2017, talking about uh, warning about the possibility of a Chinese Minsky moment where all this debt creation backfires because they're creating it too much that to the point where, you know, uh, one one additional dollar of, of, of or yuan of, of loans actually leads to uh, less economic growth rather than than more, right? And so I think this crackdown has been intentional. And that's something to keep in mind that for the time being, China, their their economy is, their government is still somewhat in the driver's seat. They can change this. They can they can relax the standards again and, and, and try and pump up economic growth. This is not something they can do indefinitely. They've done it for a long time now and, and this bubble continues to grow and and as we know, with, with things like debt, you really have two options. You have either, um, w- when you're in these bubbles, you have two options, either tons of deflation or tons of inflation, right? And and they're in that same situation right now. It's just that they can kick the can on the road a little bit longer. However, you, know, you have to ask yourself, like, it, do they do they want to, right? Do they want these bubbles to deflate because they know that it's not a stable platform for their economy? And that, hey, if their economy continues to fall so well, maybe the U.S.'s economy, maybe we're going to feel some pain from from what 
would appear to be maybe the trade war, right? There's political reasons for this too. Um, another one here, this is a uh, net flows into Chinese local government financing, right? This, this could be for a variety of things. I'm sure infrastructure and some other things like that uh, are included in this. Well, long story short is, is that you have people leaving these, these bonds or these funds, okay? In, in pretty large way, right? Uh, I think basically that's a sign that a, a, a lot of these local governments or whatever, they have a lot of debt. Um, and, and B, that, that maybe those traders are, you know, who knows, this could be a flow out of, outside of the Chinese economy uh, altogether. But, but I think this is, a, this is a major thing too because this could signal a slowdown in, in government spending and in infrastructure spending. You know, and if that's the case, that's, you know, to, to, to simplify it, you know, that's one fewer, I don't know, electrician in China that's, that's going to have a job for, for a three-month period working on a high-rise, right? Multiply that by, by a, a couple thousand electricians, couple hundred thousand overall workers within China, um, you, you have something that's going to, to really affect their economy and really affect their their consumers, right? Their, their economy is becoming more and more a consumption-based economy, much like the United States, a debt and consumption-based economy, and this is going to have an effect on it. So serious concerns here for, for the future of China's economy. And, you know, again, I think they have some concerns as well. You know, th this is the Chinese yuan versus the U.S. dollar. Uh, this is an interesting chart, a massive devaluation thus far in uh, 2018. You know, if we look long term here, you had a huge devaluation beginning in, in 2015, uh, August 2015. That was when it really accelerated. This one has been much, much more rapid than that. OK, and again, I, I think a lot of people are saying that this is all the trade war. Right, that they're doing this because of the trade war, because they they want to make their their uh, exports to the United States cheaper for us, or or they want to make our imports more expensive. And sure, maybe that's part of it. I, I don't think that's a good strategy, but maybe that's part of it. Okay, but but I I still hold to to the fact that I think this is this has to do with their economy as well. They need their 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 currency is growing weaker versus the dollar because. They've had to relax so many different uh, policies, ease policy basically, to to maybe pump the brakes on on the um, planned you know, deflation of these bubbles. Right? Uh, they 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 have done that. They have loosened things like lending standards or just policy, monetary policy in general, um, trying to loosen financial conditions, uh, stimulate some lending because they know that their current path is well they could this could get out of control this could be a hard land and they want to be in control and so i think that's a big part of this devaluation as well you know i don't think that this is an interesting chart this is a bunch of of emerging market currencies you have the turkish lira the brazilian real the argentine peso russian ruble and south african rand you know they're they're all growing weaker and weaker that's what this chart is showing that there's more and more of those given currencies versus the u.s dollar i don't think you're going to have that extreme of devaluation with china i doubt it maybe briefly it could top seven but but i think pretty shortly thereafter you'd have the u.s dollar dropping quite a bit because of of again a weakening china chinese economy would would affect the global economy quite a bit um, I don't think you're going to see that major devaluation in the yuan, uh, at, you know, as extreme as say uh, the the Turkish lira. We, we have them on the chart here at the beginning of this year. They were around four to one. They're, they're approaching seven to one as we speak. No, I don't think we're going to see that extreme. You know, the yuan's not going to go to nine to one. I don't think. I could be wrong, but you know, that's 
I guess the reason I put this up here is that these other emerging markets and, and their weakness, I think that that could very well spill over into the Chinese economy and hurt them even more going forward. So, you know, I hope this video has been interesting. I don't want to go too long here talking about this. I hope this has been interesting. Um, the, the, the big takeaway from this video is, well, what the title suggests, that China's economy, where the Chinese economy goes, the world economy goes. And and second of all, um, there... The, the, the government in China is trying to tighten conditions, trying to slowly deflate this bubble. They're shooting for a soft landing in the economy. They're still in control, I think, for the time being. However, they very well could lose control and they could end up with a crash landing. If we have a crash landing in the Chinese economy, the global economy is going to go bust. If they continue with a soft landing approach, the global economy could still go bust because they're still not just they're just not getting enough growth out of China, and there's nowhere else to look towards, especially when you have other emerging markets already uh, dropping so much. So that's a big takeaway from this video. I hope you enjoyed this. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, and God bless.